Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? LJ, doing good. A little Saturday night recording. It is about 9.45 right now. Um, in the middle of watching Yankees, White Sox. Yanks are down 2-0 in the top of the eighth. Just another game where we give Jordan Montgomery absolutely zero run support. Uh, it, this is like DeGrom-esque stuff that we've seen in terms of run support given to a pitcher. Honestly, yeah, that's, again, fair. But at the same time, you can't you can't ask for things to go right all of the time. Oh, no, no, absolutely not, yeah. Not like everything can just be peaches and cream here. It's not like Judge isn't going to jack one out right now and just make things all the more interesting. If he but, takes Joe Kelly deep here, um, I'll go pretty nuts. <laughs> and at this point, again, again, we're we're putting Joe Kelly. Wait, time out. We're putting Joe Ke- after what? Did, what did what did Tony learn? What did Tony learn? Nothing. Nothing. He put Joe Kelly into the game in a 2 nothing game in the eighth inning. Right in this makes no sense. With the top of the lineup do up. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, Judge singled. Okay. Yeah, that's not surprising because you've given this guy no chance to warm up into both the city, the team, or the season. This is stupid. All right, LJ. Well, while the Yankees are trying to mount a rally here in the eighth, um, we wanted to talk about, because we kind of brought it up at the end of yesterday's show, um, this whole deal with Alex Rodriguez potentially um, could be interested in buying the Miami Marlins. Um, LJ, I mean, first of all, I'm not sure how serious this whole thing actually is um from what we've seen like the the quotes just sound very like corporate very just like very basic response like a pe- one of the quotes i saw he said well it's gonna depend on the price as to whether or not they wanted to make a bid like that just sounds super generic to me um i mean 
he already owns part of the Minnesota Timberwolves, which he said that he wants to focus more time on, and I believe a WNBA franchise as well. So I'm, I'm assuming he. I'm assuming it's the Minnesota Lynx. That would make sense. Either way, who would really want? Who would actually want to spend more time focusing on that? I mean, not to turn this into a basketball podcast, but the Timberwolves have, I mean, they made the playoffs this year. They have a very bright future. The franchise probably made more money this season than they have in a lot of their last few seasons. Um, All around a perpetual loser, though. But the future is there. Like, (laughs) Yeah, the future is there with a different superstar. Um, I don't know. I, I'm very out on Carl Anthony Towns, but either way, the way I read the, into this whole A-Rod thing, you know, we had to, we had to at least fulfill one of our promises from yesterday's show, but um, it seems almost like this is the exact play he needs to get the Marlins, is saying he'd be interested depending on price, because this is now, is this one or two teams that he's been in on that he hasn't gotten? I think um, this is the second bid. Who else was he? Who, who else was he in on? I genuinely can't remember. Was it what the Royals? Was. No. Maybe it was the Royals. Was it the Marlins the last time they were up? I'm not crazy though, right? He he was in conversation for another team oh, somewhere along the line. I think so. At some he, of point, of course, he of course was very much involved with the New York Mets and everything that was going on there right before Steve Cohen bought it. That whole, honestly, it was one of the most entertaining parts of 2020 during the uh, shutdowns and everything was following this Mets ownership story as they went through rounds of bidders and everything. And then all of a sudden you get casino tycoons hopping in there last minute. And it was just absolute madness. LJ, yeah, the I can't believe that we just completely, this was a huge oversight. It They got second place for the Mets, A-Rod and his bidding group. Yes. Yes. Like they were second. Like that's to to Steve Cohen. They were the first losers to Steve Cohen. That's a that's a good Um, that's a good spot to be. It's also important to note that his nephew is on the team now, Joe Dunnand, shortstop. Um not I'm not sure how much that matters. The dude's like twenty six and just made his debut. Um but that is certainly interesting. Um, you know, Derek Jeter is now out of that organization, right? Yes. That's another all, all the he more could one up him. Yeah, I mean more so I think it's a matter of I think A Rod really, really wants to have a major league baseball team. And I can't fault him for that. No. I would I would like one. Brandon, would you like a major league baseball team? Absolutely. hundred percent. So it's it's definitely a situation where this is something he really wants. But the other side of this is the fact of, are they actually looking to sell? Like, yes, we know that this team has been a money pit for the last couple of years. Really, since the pandemic, things have not gone well for them. That ultimately was part of why Jeter left, because, you know, he isn't able to get the funding to build the team the way he wants. So he leaves. He doesn't get the opportunity to spend money and make it an actually – competitive team they're gonna blow this game and i'm not gonna feel bad at all actually i'm gonna feel bad for joe kelly 
because <laughs> LJ gets the live updates <laughs> as I'm, I'm watching just, it and dancing. Yeah, I'm just you're so irritated as a as a Joe Kelly supporter, a proud Joe Kelly supporter. He's put he's set him up to fail. You got to agree with me here. As Tony LaRusso, you're a as proud Joe Kelly. You're a proud Joe Kelly supporter and a proud Tony Larusa hater. Yes. Yeah, also, LJ. Oh, proud he just Jay pulled him. hater. I haven't got a chance to say that in a while, but bum. He just pulled Joe Kelly. Yeah, I wonder why. Maybe because you've given him literally every high leverage situation that he could possibly be asked to be put into right after getting back from a pretty serious injury. But, but back to A Rod. Um, back to a-rod real quick <laughs> um, i guess my point is yes the money pit that's why jeter left they weren't willing to spend the money to make it not a money pit but they also don't want to stop complaining about the fact that it's a money pit the ownership says that they're not selling so if a-rod said i want the mets or i'm sorry i want the marlins the value for the franchise shoots up significantly just because he wants it and they all of a sudden become more interested they're like hey there's a market here maybe we should sell if he says oh for the right price i'll do it then all of a sudden you're going to be able to tamp down that market and really be be a more realistic contender to get the team sooner rather than later so this isn't necessarily a show of intent as much as it's a show of what he needs to do to get the team like this is just this is the the means to the end also what needs to be taken into account is this recent bronco sale because i think that's really going to screw with all of these teams and other changes for the next couple you trying to figure out the market because uh i forget whether that was five was that five billion or two billion something ridiculous it was way over it was way over way overpriced yeah, that's gonna it's gonna bump up the market. Like the market is going to be in chaos for the next five years probably because that's how infrequently these teams change hands. So that's gonna be another big thing to keep in under consideration is what does this this Broncos oversell do to the baseball market? LJ Tony Larusa has Hit the emergency button, bringing in Liam Hendricks to get five outs. All right, look, as a fantasy Liam Hendricks owner, I'm terrified. This Since just 2021, Liam Hendricks has 10 game tying slash go ahead home runs allowed in the seventh inning or later. That's the most in the league. What? How? Thank you, Yes Network. Brandon, today, just a quick fantasy check-in. In my other league, I have, I was down 50 going into the day with the same amount of starters. The only difference is I have a huge relief core, like ridiculously large relief core. And so I'm like, I just need a couple of them to show up, ball out, get some saves, and all of a sudden I'm right back in this. Instead, I get the blown save on the three-run homer walk-off for Oakland out of Rossell Iglesias. I get a win out of Kenley Jansen, which just a bizarre two innings from him. This has just been a really weird day, and I have a feeling it's going to continue to get even weirder with Liam Hendricks. This is just, ugh. Yeah. Tony, 
Oh, and the Yankees, uh, they stole third, so it's first and third now with one out. Donaldson up. Um, LJ, my fantasy team as of late in our league, I was like last for the first like two weeks. LJ, I have gone up to fourth place, thanks in large part to having both Judge Stanton and Jordan Alvarez. So I just so fun to watch. And Gene Segura has been really good as of late. I have J.P. Crawford, who um, has had a fantastic season. Uh, still, I, I still have Stephen Kwan on my team, who has uh, actually been uh, staying pretty good. He's still a two eighty four hitter. Um, and, of course, my, my pitching is just gross. Uh, Sh- Shane Bieber, Verlander, Garrett Cole, Severino, uh, you know... I have Jacob Degrom and Kikuchi and Zach Wheeler. Once they come back, like it's it's over, LJ. It's done. You're done. You're done. All right. Um, on Josh Donaldson, though, you did send this to me last night. His last 15 games: 278, 400, 519. This is a dead ball swing we've got out of Josh Donaldson. His weighted runs created Natural plus power. is higher this year than it was last year. Natural power. Honestly, this is it, it's it's been really impressive. This yeah, is really uh, yeah. an impressive run to see, and to kind of get him back in the fold. And all of a sudden, now you're really like, could you imagine if you get all three of those guys going at the same time, which you kind of have right now, actually. And as I say that, like, yeah, the part of the success is you've got judges heating up, Stanton's been heating up, and sending out absolute lasers, and now Donaldson's putting up stuff like that. It's crazy, but. Brandon, we want to go over to the West Coast and some news out of San Diego. Yeah, let's go for it. Uh, Actually, mid-production meeting, just for my own satisfaction, if I'm not going to get my mustache versus beard thing, can we switch the third segment and the fourth segment so we go up the coast? (laughs) Okay, that's perfectly fine with me. Um, Okay, LJ. San Diego. San Diego. The San Diego Padres are likely to finalize a deal with Robinson Cano. Uh, they're one of they're among a handful of teams that express interest, according to Joel Sherman. Um, he's gonna sign a major league contract, and this is a Padres infield. As Josh Donaldson strikes out, um, this is a Padres infield that already. Has Hassan Kim, Eric Hosmer, Manny Machado, Jake Cronenworth. Uh, we certainly know that now with Cano there, and once Tatis gets back, there's going to be some kind of shuffling around. Um, Matt Beatty, who can who's been playing a little bit of first base, a little bit of outfield for them. He, he's been bad though. Um, you imagine once he comes off the IL, he'll get DFA'd. Um, and yeah, I just, I don't understand this so much for the Padres, but clearly they see something in him and they don't have to pay that massive contract. So, well, it just, it's worth a shot. I mean, this team has been desperately all winter, you know, they've got a budget that they've got to stick under, but they're also constantly trying to figure out some way somehow to get better. And this is a potential way to get better. That's very cost-effective. You bring in Robinson Cano, who 
in my opinion, right now, if he were to get hot, slots right in as the everyday second baseman. I mean, Jake Cronenworth, it's it's been a rough start. And maybe you just move him around. You give him – he could get almost everyday play as you just rotate and rest and put him at every other position. You also, if he get, stays good and has a good run here, you could see Fernando Tatis move back out to the outfield, which would probably right field is probably the healthiest spot for him to be. So that's not a bad situation for this team to be in as well, because at this point, you'll be happy with me saying this, Brandon. Hasso and Kim really deserves to be in the lineup right now, still. So that's not a situation that I'm really quick to move off of if I am the Padres. So it's just, it's a, uh, this is a scenario with a lot of options. DH, of course, is also very much in play as Luke Voigt's got two home runs. I think they were both very recent. So if he slumps even the slightest sooner. No, he's starting to heat up. He's starting to heat up. Is he? Again, I I hope so. So I was watching the Padres broadcast the other day and they were talking about how he was like, uh, he, he was battling some sort of injury, and then he went into the cage after he returned for like two hours with the hitting coach and said he like learned a lot and he he figured out a lot. LJ checking on like his overall stats though for the year, he's got a one thirteen weighted runs created plus. Like that's the thing is like there is such a difference in what in in what the average hitter is for this year compared to years past that like. A, a high 600 OPS in your like you're an above average hitter. Yeah, that's true. That's very it's, true. It's 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 very strange because like I'm I'm the first to do it too. You just look at a guy, you see like a 320 on base and like a 350 360 slugging percentage, and you're like, oh, like that guy's not having a good start to the year. That's like a 105 way to runs created plus guy this year. Just how it is. It's just how it is. Some some guys with that too are being affected more than others. Um, it's just the way it's the way you play the game, and it's honestly again, I'm I'm glad to hear that. I haven't looked it, too deep into this, of course, because this is literally just me trying to spouting with Luke Voigt. But it it never felt like he had a three true outcomes style. Like yes, he's a power hitter, but he's not he's not Joey Gallows. He's not the Yasmani Grandal, especially Yasmani Grandal, who literally only tries to hit home runs and doesn't have the swing for it with the dead ball. And so now all of a sudden him hitting it 15% of the time does absolutely nothing. But the other part, the other wrinkle of this whole thing is the fact that if Robinson Cano has a bad three weeks to start, has bad two weeks, even they can cut him just as easily as they signed him. There's no money that's really holding them down. So this is easily just them being able to kind of test the waters with a lefty bat. I'm all for it. LJ, real quick, um, Mike Clevenger in the in the two starts that he's made um, since returning, uh, not not the best. No, I mean, is it that shocking? I mean, this guy. Yeah, it's been a it it has been a minute. It's it's, it's been, been a minute. it's been more than a minute. And another reason for this another guy who's kind of getting set up to fail here is Mike Clevenger. Because you're coming into a relatively competitive starting pitching rotation. You're talking about the 10th best ERA among starters in baseball. 
out of this group. You've got some real standout performances, Joe Musgrove, Mackenzie Gore. Overall, I would say Nick Martinez. That's been a standout ad because, I mean, he's doing exactly what you asked him to, if not a little more right now. You Darvish, you Darvish, disappointing. But there's still definitely, there's room to get a guy with Mike Clevenger's level of talent in there if he performs well. But all of a sudden, he's coming into a situation, all right, I'm the sixth guy out of these five. I got to prove my worth and I have to come in now after injury. It's, this isn't this isn't a relaxing spot to coast into, is I guess what I'm getting at here. Like he really had to come out and prove his worth right away. Now he only has a couple more starts to do that before they're going to have to really start considering, you know, maybe we move it back down to five. Who gets the boot? Is it Clevenger? Is it Martinez? Is it? That's the only two I can really see it being. But right now, I mean, I'm not so sure I pick Mike Clevenger, especially if he continues to struggle in this high pressure environment lj i was just looking at some some interesting stats here um as of right now if i had a vote for nl rookie of the year i'm giving it to mackenzie gore um yeah he's been he leads all rookie pitchers in Fangraphs war with 0.7 he has 0.6 on baseball reference um in terms of hitters when you're looking at where, where their war stands Jeremy Peña on Houston 1.7 that's like more than a than a double of the next hitter which is Gilberto Celestino for the Twins, but it's it's all American League guys until you get to Geraldo Perdomo on the Diamondbacks. I'm not, I've never heard of this guy before. Really good uh, defensive value, it looks like, and he's got .6. My point is, like, Mackenzie Gore has more war than any NL rookie right now, and it'd be tough to vote against Saya, but... Mackenzie Gore's been really freaking good, and just because he's on the Padres, he gets so over like they've been so overshadowed this entire season. The Padres, they really have. No one's talking about them. They're twenty-one and thirteen. They're a half game back from first. I think the the collapse last year just got no one excited about them. They're still so so damn good. Like this is a well put together team. Yeah, and with with Cano, this could be like you said, if Cano gets hot, which who knows if it's going to happen. More than likely, it's not going to. But you you signed him for five hundred sixty grand. Like he was going to play for anything at this point. So it's especially for a team that needed a little depth too. They need a left-handed hitter. They really don't have a lot of lefties. LJ, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, no, I it does make sense. Uh, just to counter your Mackenzie Gore spot, I think that's really very likely. Like that, that's a really uh, serious spot to give consideration to. But honestly, the spot I'd like to give more to, just because he's going to get the story over Mackenzie Gore at this rate, especially with the fact that he's in the same division and it's a much more compelling story than the Padres are at this point. And that's Alec Thomas of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Didn't he like has, just come up though? Has a serious claim. Yes, that's that's the one downside I'm saying to this is the fact that yes, guys like Saya and um, Saya and Mackenzie Gore, they both get a head start. But this has been a very good 13 games 
13 five games? What is it? LJ, he's got 13 at bats, but still. Either way, though, we're talking about. War. I'm talking five. about narrative. I'm talking about narrative. You're still talking about a guy who. You're talking about a four a four tool hitter who uh, I think legitimately has, has a chance to be in play here. Cause if he keeps up a fraction of this, if we're talking about a 300, if we're talking 350 with 500 slugging, if we're able to, or actually that may even be too much. If we're talking about a 750 OPS out of this guy and this team hangs on somewhere around 500 or 500 through June, that's a story and he's going to become a big part of that story. So like there's a lot of ways I think Mackenzie Gore is a lot easier to jump than say a Suzuki just on narrative alone and just on exposure alone. Yeah, no, um, I agree with that. Like, and you really don't even have to be that good. I mean, the reds were not that good last season really throughout the entire year. And they still got their guy the rookie of the year. The Mariners were not that good in 2020. They still got their guy rookie of the year. You're right that I feel like narrative plays a lot of the role um, in award voting. It's just easier to get exposure in one of those narratives. But I got to give Alec Thomas more than two, two series in the bigs. Like let's give him a week now. (laughs) We need to make a graphic that we keep updating on the guys that each of us are in and out on. Yeah, like, and then, like, in the future, it's, like, LJ, my Shohei Otani stock, like, heading into last season, I had a lot oh, of show, you like, But, like, my my return on investment on my Shohei Otani stock is, is very good. Like, that's, like, my, my game stock. Oh, it's it's plenty good enough to just My Hassan Kim stock sure. is looking good too. Finally. But again, after last year, you uh all that all that Hassan Kim stock, what would you say? Your portfolio was fifty percent Shohei, forty percent ha. Oh no, I got a lot of if we're talking about like for the future, like guys I'm in on, like I got a lot of Acuna, a lot of Soto. I'm just like buying like the massive company. No, no, no. I'm buying these massive companies um, now. Like even, and I just see there's so much more potential for for growth in the future. Um, you know. Brandon strictly looks at the Fortune 500. Hassan Kim is definitely not Fortune 500. Oh, so you're doubting him. You're tank tank no, no. your brain. <laughs> all right, tell all right, give give the uh <laughs> tell us tell us who who your stock is in on. Who who you've had stock on. Can I can I can I tell you who my stock's out on? Yeah, who'd you sell? Who I sold? Sold Jason Dominguez the second I had an opportunity. Sold Joe Dadell the second I had an opportunity. Sold Kleenex the second after I got the opportunity. Honestly. My stock is probably ninety percent in Mondo Franco, and I feel very comfortable with that. No need yeah, to do it. He's, I mean, that's his Fortune five hundred as it gets. But go. <laughs> um, you have some some of Justin Verlander stock too. You were you were in on him for I like all, all of last on, year. On him, I have my own share, my share of Joey Bart stock as well that I'm pretty pleased with. Adley Rutschman. With that being said, I also have 
uh, a little more Seth Beer stock than I was hoping than I probably should be hoping to have right now. Yeah, you have been a rough time since that home run. What's he doing? 200, 230, 300 or something like that. And that was on opening day too. Yeah. <laughs> against the Padres. Um, um currently 200 <laughs> 200 293 275 i wasn't too i wasn't too far off with those estimates and he still hasn't hit a home run since well lj we are right at about the half hour point of the episode let's get these last two let's let's get through the last two things um and then we'll get out of here um all right because we switched the third and fourth segment this segment is going to be about clayton kershaw moving up that coast Moving up the coast. LJ, the Dodgers are placing Clayton Kershaw on the 15-day IL due to right SI joint inflammation. The team doesn't anticipate it being a long-term absence. Garrett Clevenger recalled from AAA in the corresponding move. Um, And um, this is a guy who turned 34 last month. Um, Only 34? Yeah, and really? he's still been, is it fair to say, pretty dominant so far this year? He's, he's he's barely ever dropped off, let's be real. I mean, he's got the 1.8 ERA, four wins. Yeah, he's been like, in extremely good, even compared to the league average when you look at how good some of those guys are. He's been excellent. He's only walked three batters in 30 innings. I don't, I don't mind the 2021 staff either. Like, they weren't, like the best but every single all great pitchers have down years all the time this dude this dude never fell off um lj it's important to note now that here's what the dodgers rotation is looking like so andrew heaney also on the il um julio urias tony gonsolin tyler anderson that's or and and walker bueller that's their top four David Price got COVID at the end of April. He began throwing. They think he's going to be able to come back next week. Um, he's only worked exclusively in relief, and they said like right out of the gate they're not going to throw him into a start. They want him to at least get some innings out of the bullpen before that. So it looks like our guy Ryan Pepio um, could be the fifth starter here for at least a few more series, LJ. Yeah, and it was a good – it was a – it was a fair outing. Three innings, three strikeouts, no earned, one hit. Yeah. Uh, walked walked quite a bit of guys. First that, start, though. Nerves. That's unfortunate. It's not, again, it's not the end of the world. I agree. Um, this is overall, yeah, that was, it was, it was solid. It was fine. Overall, are we ever going to be concerned with the Dodgers pitching? No. No. We're not. We're fine. Even though the Pirates took, the Pirates took two out of three from them, right? uh sounds right uh yeah and i'm not concerned no well okay lj last uh, segment wait, before oh, we go to the last segment i did have one more question for brand for dr brandon okay where's the si joint uh, not sure let's look it up we need to follow up let's look it up looking up the si joint um i didn't i just didn't know sports illustrated was into uh advertising in the human body now oh the it's in the back i feel like 90 the si joint is um 
in the pelvis area. The pelvis. Oh, buddy, no. Like in that general area of the body without oh. getting too into it. Poor Clayton. Dude, the dude, the dude can't play baseball. The dude can't do one of the things he loves most. And now he, now that's all because of a pelvis-related injury. I mean, how how much worse could it be? What 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 injury could be worse for having time off? Dude's down bad. All right, LJ. Well, <laughs> our last segment, we're gonna be talking about. A trade that went down today. The Astros acquire Mauricio Dubon, a utility player from the San Francisco Giants, in exchange for a catcher who is 26 years old and is in AAA named Michael Papierski. Um, Dubon, I found out today, was drafted by the Red Sox. Um, in 2013, and a guy that has, when you look at his career stats, I mean, just under 700 OPS, um, he is definitely not a league average hitter, but he's good in the field, so he definitely has a positive war for his career, like, that's what I can give him, and for just a part-time guy, that's pretty solid contributions for especially not a starting player. Yeah, it's this is an interesting spot. I really wanted to talk about this today just because this is very indicative of the way the league's going to be going. And we kind of got to be realistic with that. I mean, this is a guy, you're right, hasn't been a good, really good hitter, but he's been a solid enough hitter. You know, you're, if you're giving me a 75 80 weighted runs created plus that's not the end of the world. That's not something I'm going to necessarily like complain about, especially when the defensive side is positive and you're able to give me versatility You're able to play all around the diamond. That's a really good spot to have. But what we're kind of seeing here is we're seeing a San Francisco team, a national league team, the national league, which used to preach versatility flexibility because they had to make 80 million lineup changes every single night now going away from that because um who is it is it wilmer flores is the other guy that basically does a utility role as well yeah he, for the giants him tyro strata yeah so they already had their handful okay. of those types of guys is i guess what i'm getting at here and all of a sudden they're making themselves a little less deep on the versatility end because you don't necessarily need it in the same way you used to now that you have the dh it's not it doesn't matter half as much how much versatility you have on your squad it's better to get the options the opportunities the high quality player rather than the versatile player because this was in part a move to bring back tommy lastella i'm pretty sure who should be on his way back very soon 10 day il guy this is guy plays second and third mostly second and will most likely slot right into their lineup. So this this was a play for a higher quality player with less versatility to take over for the formerly required versatile guy. And the Yankees blow or 
Liam Hendricks blows the save. <laughs> Yankees get a sacrifice fly to tie it up at two. I don't. I was talking and recording, so I, I didn't see how we got runners. It was second and third with no outs. Let me see what happened, how we got on. Joey Gallo walk and then an IKF single, and then we had a double steal, it looks like. Or no, uh, steal second, okay, because Gallo went to third on the single. Nice. It's okay, though, because this gives me an opportunity for a win, so... Yeah, it does. If the if the White Sox walk it off, but yeah, walk it off. I think off. that's gonna do it for today's show. Thank you guys for listening. Be sure to check us out Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at MLB Daily Pod. As always, we'll be recording Sunday night during Sunday Night Baseball tomorrow. But until then, uh, enjoy, and uh, we'll see you. See manana. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet.